This is the Only Human podcast from Community Radio 4 Z out of Brisbane, Australia. Could you tell us about some of the cane techniques that people、uh, use? Cane techniques, all sorts of different ones. So the standard cane technique is the touch technique. It's two-point touch. So when your cane is in your midline or in the centre, you're, you're holding a cane grip in the centre of your, your, your body, your belt buckle right in the midline, what we call it. The tip arcs from, or you arc the tip from right to left or left to right, depending on you know, which, which way you go first. And so that sweep is touching just beyond shoulder on the right, touching just beyond your shoulder on the left, but the tip is obviously you know,、uh, a metre in front of you. And so you're sweeping an area in an arc, right to left, as you're travelling. And that's your two point touch, and you can hear the tap, 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 and it's a low, flat arc, so that if there's a rise, In that arc, then the tip hopefully will pick that up.、Um, other techniques include continuous contact. So that means the same two point touch, but you're not actually, it's not, the tip isn't actually arcing and rising, but it's sliding side to side, again to the right, to the left, covering your shoulder width so that you can move through that particular environment more confidently. It's great for detecting textural change or slopes as you're approaching a curb. Um, the slope down to the curb and the road crossing, etc., or a zebra crossing, or other surface textual changes like tactile indicators and, um, and um, cobblestones, and you know, those environmental features that could be useful in your orientation. Then there's a three point touch, which is another technique where, let's say, you're veered on the road crossing and you're, you're in the gutter, and so you know, the strategy for recovering is, is a good one, but we also can use a cane technique where we're touching to the top surface. And finding the, the pram ramp again or up onto the nature strip so that you're off the road.、Um, so there's a, there's a couple there continuous contact, continuous touch, two point touch or touch technique and three point touch technique. A couple. Diagonal technique is the one we use when we're going downstairs, and that's where the tip cane is across your body as you're going down, and the tip is just off the edge of each step as you go、um, down. And the first thing that the cane will touch is the landing. That's one way to do it. And then there's also、uh, you know, using that cane tip to, to contact each step as you go down. So, a number of different ways to go up and down stairs. But generally, there's a, a, something that will suit everybody to help them do that safely and confidently.、Yeah. So, just a few cane techniques there, Steve. There's a whole range of them for rural travel or remote area travel, or in the jungle or in the,、um, the bush or rainforest. Uh, the beach travel, there's, a, there's a techniques for beach travel, walking through paddocks and farms and、um, those open areas, as well as、uh, parks and unstructured areas as well. And then your standard、um, footpaths and blocks in the cities, you know, where you've got 90 degree turns and、uh, corner turns and, and, and those sort of things. So, a whole range of things that go in. It's a matter of seeing what environments you're,、um, you're travelling in or would like to travel in. and And how you're managing and how you would like to manage those with assistance from an orientation mobility specialist. And、um, when should someone、um, consider、uh, doing some、um, white cane training? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't hurt to have the conversation. Find out more about it. If you're not sure,、um, you know, if, if an individual has been diagnosed recently with a condition and, you know,、um, Find out what's available from the daily living stuff with our occupational therapists right through to the adaptive tech and, and orientation mobility in terms of you know, what each of those areas can, can 
offer you in terms of um, you know um, understanding perhaps planning for for the future if your condition is hereditary and um, deteriorating and you've got that prognosis but look um, if even if you've had a vision impairment for a while and you've you've said oh well look I mean, we get this all the time, Steve, that people say, oh, yeah, no, there's got to be someone worse off than me, so I don't want to clog up the system and things like that. So, no, it's really about you as an individual. If, if you, you you want that assistance, just have the conversation with us about, all right, well, what, what can O&M do? What can these these this, these services provide um, for you now but into the future as well? And it's about understanding a lot of this the things we do with training can be individual, but sometimes we do group training as well, and you get to meet other people and share ideas, and you know, others with the lived experience is, is priceless. So we have peer mentors who, Vision Australia peer mentors who can assist with that coaching and then provide some um, valuable insights and uh, and advice and then support as well. Um, you know, our travel days are, are awesome as well, where we can provide, um, again, some of that social interaction and um, share some of those learning experiences that you're going to do individually anyway, but sometimes it's fun to do it with a group, you know, exploring new places, exploring new new parts of the city or new infrastructure that's been constructed. Is orientation and mobility training um, done in the uh, community at Vision Australia? Um, we, we provide orientation mobility in people's homes and you know where they live and so on, but we also do training at the at the Cooparoo office. And in fact, we can provide training in all our regional offices if people want to come in and have some intensive training. You know, sometimes it's um, good when we do the intensives at the two-day intensives at the, um, the Cooparoo office because in summer, when it's really hot, we can utilise the, the the indoor environment where we have some training. Um, corridors and, and stairs and things like that in the comfort of the cool um, environment but also again we can um, branch out to the public transport that's locally and the training areas that we've developed in the local area as well so you know it's a whole combo Steve of um, you know, centre based as well as um, community based and home based training depending on what uh, the, the goals are. How long does orientation mobility uh, training go for? It very much depends on the individual, but you know, an initial assessment, you need at least two hours to have a, uh, a good assessment with the, the specialist. And then training may, you know, in the long cane, you're, you're looking at um, 10 to 12 hours to, to learn. You know, it's like learning uh, a, a, a skill, right? Or it is learning a skill. So it's about learning the techniques and the rationale and you know, why you do particular things and how effectively it is. You know, if you do X, this is what happens, Y, and so on. So, um, you know, to develop that technique. And then you build on that. So, you you know, we build on the, the using techniques, strategies, integrating your senses and more confidence and scanning and all those sort of echolocation um, skills and strategies, as well as then building on right route travel, crossing roads, catching the bus or the train and then multiple modes of transport, getting into shops and, you know, residential to, uh, semi-business and business areas and just making those transitions um, takes a, takes some time. So ongoing O&M is always useful because you might have new routes that you'd like some help with 
will guide Swiss. And so, um, you know, having those that contingency in your plan is, is very important too. But then you might want to consider other things as you develop your confidence and are getting out and about more. Oh, well, maybe I might think about um, having an assessment and, and trying some of the, uh, you know, the advanced equipment like a mini guide or um, ultra cane or the, the GPS track, the Victorita stream or um, the Sudaband and, and explore those options as well. Um, and certainly the smartphone technology um, can come about as well. So, you know, it's about, oh, well, you know, what are my steps and stages? And you might even think, oh, well, maybe one day I might want to get a seeing eye dog. So, you know, how can we help you to achieve those goals? Um, and it's like going to college or, you know, you know, university. You start off with your undergraduate, you get your graduate, and then you do your postgraduate stuff. So you can build on your strengths and so on. Um, we'd encourage people who, let's say, have a deteriorating eye condition who may have had training a while ago to have a refresher course. Can't hurt. Always good to brush up on your skills. Or your vision's deteriorated since the last time you've done something or had contact with an O&M specialist. And you say, well, maybe I need to, again, um, learn a few more skills um, and add to my, my skill set in terms of my independent mobility and so on. And... Um, uh, you know, that, that combination of individual or intensive groups and then back to individual is, um, and some of the travel days is a good combo where people can explore different things and their levels and you know, where, where they're at. And always reviewing where you're at on a regular basis is, is, is encouraged. You know, that's something good to, to um, put into your routine, yeah? And so, you know, we can help with some of that guidance and... and um, and you know activities and and also community engagement. So yeah, look, Steve, it's 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 really um it, it's really just about having the conversation, seeing what's available. Yeah. Um, if the public sees a vision impaired and blind person need uh, um assistance, what's the best way to approach them, and what's the best way for them to assist them? Okay, if someone if someone looks like they need assistance. And you're, yeah, you, whether you're in the street, you know, in the, in, in the city or in the shopping centre or inside a department store or something like that, if someone looks like they need assistance, we, you know, we'd encourage you to just introduce yourself, say, excuse me, would you like some help? Um, are you okay? Um, if the individual does need assistance, they'll, they, you know, um, you, hopefully they would say, uh, oh, yes, please, and, you know, offer, this is what I need help with. Or, uh, no thanks, I'm okay, but thank you for asking. So there's a two, two-way thing there, Steve, where it's about offering from um, a perspective that someone needs some assistance and at least offering them provides that individual with the option of, yes, I will take up some assistance or uh, I'll, I'll respectfully decline, which is, which is great because people can, can then um, uh, form a positive interaction. Yeah, um, If you... Again, you know, rather than don't just grab someone and start start moving, always introduce yourself. Say, look, yeah, um, do you need some assistance? I, I noticed you you uh, um, look like you need some help. Um, can I can I help you? Yeah. So if if the person does say yes and they say, oh, you know, I just need to get across the road, um, then you can say, all right, I'll I'll, I'll I'll take you across the road. Would you like to grab my arm? And the individual will take your arm because most people have done the greeting and guiding training when they're 
if they've got a, um, a white cane or a seeing eye dog or dog guide. And so, you know, you can, um, they, they would be a, a well versed with the, um, the guiding assistance that could be provided and holding on to the guide or the person offering um, assistance arm is the best way that they can follow. And um, others might want to just follow you with their, if they've got a, uh, again, a seeing eye dog, they might want to use the follow command. But explaining to the individual that's what, what that's what you're going to do is important as well. So it comes up to a, a really good opportunity for one, interaction, and two, um, a little bit of public education as well from both the vision impaired person's perspective as well as the, the, um, the person offering assistance um, learning perhaps a new strategy. Yeah. And um, would you have any tips uh, for vision impaired and blind people to navigate their community safely at the moment? At the moment? I mean, look, I mean, just as you always have, be careful, you know, again, um, be mindful of your environment, um, you know, what's happening around you as much as you can. You know, again, those auditory and um, low vision skills um, and you know, your memory of your environment and your your training is really important. Um, the other one is be you know be be mindful of crowds and things like that. Um, when you're touching handrails and you're on the bus or you're in the train or um, you're reading an accessible sign, just you know make sure you've got plenty of sanitizer and things like that. Um, and sanitize and wash your hands. Wash your hands is the most effective way. Warm soapy water, 20 seconds. You know, as, as frequently as you can. You know, every time you once, every time you eat, after we get, you finish eating, wash your hands. Go to the bathroom, wash your hands. You know, just getting into the habit of those things. Um, if you're again, you're changing your ball and your cane, or you're. This is probably another one, Steve. When, you know, when you're out and about, and you come home. Maybe give your the, the ball of your cane. Uh, or your support cane tip, um, a wipe down with the um, antibacterial cloth because you know, literally, you don't know what it's been rolling in. Yeah, so so that's that's a good tip, especially if you're going to restaurants or cafes and things like that. But again, handrails, um, uh, travelators, escalator handrails, and so on. Yeah, you know, once you use those, you're touching those. Just particularly in shopping centres, just um, sanitize your hands. And if people want to find more information about Vision Australia, where's the best place for them to go? Great ways to, to, to jump online if you you can do that and, and just Google Vision Australia. And there's a whole range of information about resources, brochures, um, how to do things, all sorts of different um, um, programs and and activities that people can be um, engaged in or explore or pursue. Um, one of the other ones is if you're not, you know, um, perhaps you're a bit reluctant to receive particular, let's say, O&M services or OT services because you think, well, maybe I'm not ready for it, try one of our quality living groups. You know, we have a range of quality living groups and they are, um, there are really, really good opportunities for you to meet people from all over Australia because it's not just people based in a particular state. The quality of living groups are national, so people can um, interact with others all over the place. And then, you know, they, they, there are various themes, but there are also various age groups and um, uh, opportunity to make friends and, and, and just or just engage with others who have um, similar experience or 
you know, a different experience, but want to share, you know, their journey. So great way to segue into um, finding out more about perhaps what's possible for you or what you would like to, um, you know, try. You know, can't hurt. You are listening to the Only Human podcast. Only Human is a weekly program on social justice, disability rights, psychology, social research and mental wellness. You can listen in Brisbane on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM and set digital on DAB Plus radios. Love community media? You can support 4ZZZ by subscribing or making a donation at 4ZZZFM.org.au.